The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. Good morning, uh, First Baptist Church. It's a true privilege and delight for Kathleen and me to be back with you uh, today. And uh, so looking forward to our time. And thank you very much. Last Sunday, celebrated the Lord's Day at the First Baptist Church in Henrietta, Texas. The church was packed, and which I concluded quickly. The pastor did not tell them I was coming, but uh, it was great to be there. But we have been looking forward to being here today, so thank you. I do have a special guest today. I'm not sure where he's sitting. T. Ray, where are you? There he is, T. Ray Manley, good friend of mine, known him for years, knew his dad before him. Uh, his dad used to be the president down at the Valley Baptist uh, Missions Education Center in Harlingen, but I've known T. Ray for years, and uh, uh, he leads a ministry, uh, executive director of a ministry called The Way Back. It's a prison reentry ministry, and he just does a great job in leading that for four years. And uh, T. Ray, thanks for joining us today, and if prison reentry ministry is something you uh, are interested in or, or need... Uh, <laughs> You know, he'd be a guy you need to see, so I'll leave it at that. Glad to have you today. So we are uh, still in baseball season. Our uh, Texas Rangers need to pick it up a little bit after last night. I'm a baseball fan, and uh, some... Friends of mine uh, are not. They think baseball is boring. I beg to differ. I think baseball is an exciting game. It's a, it's it's a intense game. It's a complicated game, and there are some rare moments in baseball that are uniquely exciting. The triple play doesn't happen often. You know. Three defensive outs in one at bat. Doesn't happen often. Matter of fact, the last time it happened in the major leagues was back in August, on the 19th of August, in a game between the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and the Tampa Bay Rays. In the ninth inning, a triple play into the game. So it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it's exciting. One thing and three things. That's what we're going to talk a little bit about today when it comes to stewardship. One thing, being stewards, being faithful, responsible stewards, but in three different ways. And to kind of get to all of that, let me invite you to take your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22. Uh, A passage of Scripture that, uh, if you've been in church a while, you are probably familiar with, but let's look at it, review it, and, and just share some thoughts about what might be contained in Matthew 22. I'll start at verse 15, and today I invite you to follow along with me. Matthew 22, I'll start at verse 15. This is just another one of those times when people were trying to come at Jesus and trick him and uh, confuse him and get him to say something maybe that was contrary to what ought to be said and some way they could find to accuse him or blame him. And this is one of those. And here's, here's what happens. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to trap Jesus by what he said, which by the way, 
There's a whole sermon right there about being careful with what you say. But that's not today. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are truthful and teach truthfully the way of God. You don't care what anyone thinks, nor do you show partiality. Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Perceiving their malicious intent, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. They brought him a denarius whose image and inscription is this, he asked them. Caesar's, they said to Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, give then to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, so they left him and went away. Now, stay put. We want to talk a little bit this morning about what is it that does belong to God? Give to Caesar the things that are his, but render, give to God the things that belong to him. So what belongs to God? Well, in a word, everything. But let's break that down just a little bit. And, and Bill alluded to it earlier, but let's talk a little bit about our time. Now, to talk about our time, you have to go back to Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then you read on just another verse or two, and he created the light, and he separated the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and he called the night, the, the, the darkness night, and, and there was all of a sudden in creation time. God created time, and then he, he gave us our time. When you talk about having time, it's a little bit unique to talk about it in that from one perspective, everybody here has the same amount of time. Can't say that about anything else, but from one perspective, We all are equal when it comes to the amount of time we have in a day. Now, from another perspective, because of lifespans and that sort of thing, we have different amounts of time, but we all have time. 24 hours today, 168 hours this week, 10,080 minutes this week, 604,800 seconds this week, how do you use your time? Render to God the things that are his. And one of the things that belongs to him is time. He made it. He created it. And we give then to him our time. So, how are we using our time in his service. Well, today, right now, right here in this place, we have an hour. 
Thank you for your hour. But beyond that one hour that we spend together here, what time do we give in service to the Lord and to his kingdom? So daily, just the questions we have to ask. um, Am I giving any time of my day in, in, in a personal prayer where I'm talking to and hearing from God, Andy talked about that earlier. What we're here today to do is to talk to him and to hear from him, but it's not just today. What about tomorrow? What time will you give to God to pray, to talk, and to listen? So what, what time do we give to God during each day for his word, to just to read it and to study it and to know it and to learn it and to apply it? What, what time for, the, for his word? Time in... In, in service to others, it, whether it be here in the church or, or, or somewhere else through, through a ministry like T-Race, what, what, what service am I rendering on behalf of the kingdom? What is that? What, what time am I giving to that? To fellowship with other believers. Just for the sake of, you know, that's, that's a biblical practice to just engage in fellowship with other believers. What time am I, am I giving to that? So when it comes to time, I think it is not complicated. But it does require discipline. So I, I just, let's leave it right there. Our use of time for kingdom service is not complicated. We've got so many hours in a day, it just requires discipline to use some of that time in kingdom service. And then, talent. So when to talk about the talents we have, the gifts we have, the abilities we have, go back to Genesis again. God created them, male and female, created he them. We are a creation of his. And then you read on into Psalm 139, 14. We are, you and me, fearfully and wonderfully made. Then you read on through Scripture. Isaiah's got a list of talents, abilities, and gifts. You read on into the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 12 has a list. Romans 12 has a list. Ephesians 4 has a list. All the way through Scripture, there are lists of abilities and gifts that God bestows upon those he wonderfully and fearfully created. So we have talents, abilities, and gifts. Now, those lists in Scripture are examples. They're not exhaustive. These are ways God blesses us with talents, abilities, and gifts. And so we start with the fact that everyone here is fearfully and wonderfully made And therefore, everyone here has some ability, some talent, some gift that God has bestowed upon you and me, and he, I think, would expect in return that we would use whatever that is or whatever those are in some way in service to him and his kingdom's work. Now, um, you may have one of the gifts on those lists, maybe something else. I, uh, and your gifts, your talents, your abilities, they are not necessarily dependent upon your brothers or your sisters or your mom or your dad. We're unique 
individual, fearfully and wonderfully made creatures. And, and our talents and abilities and gifts vary from person to person. My father is a great singer. Oh. He sang his way through college. Started out at Hardin-Simmons, sang in a quartet for two years, sang his way through college. Korea came along. The United States government invited him to uh, spend a couple of years in Korea. Came back, transferred to Baylor to follow a choral director, sang two more years, working his way through college as a singer. I, on the other hand, I'm a joyful noisemaker, like some of you. But you know, if you can sing and sing well, maybe, maybe the choir is a place you need to be. Well, thank you, Brother Swanner. If you, can you play? I'm good with the radio. Can you play? Maybe the orchestra. What other, what, what talents and abilities do you have that you could render on behalf of the Lord in service to the church? What, what are those? Now, I want to be careful and say something here. What can you do? What are you able to do? What are you gifted to do? Not what do you want to do? Those are not necessarily the same thing. When I was a young pastor, we had a man in our church who wanted to teach Sunday school. I didn't know any better. And I let him. Well, he killed two classes within about six months, and I realized maybe he's not gifted to teach. Perhaps it's just something he wanted to do. It's not necessarily what you want to do. What can you do? So it, it, takes, it takes a personal inventory that we all need to take. What has God given me that I can use in service to his church? We're going to start with the one thing he's given all of us, the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. It is an encouragement to the person sitting next to you when you're there sitting next to them. It is an encouragement to the staff to see you in your place. It's an encouragement to those in your class that you are teaching to see you in your place on time ready to go. It's an encouragement that this is the ministry of presence, but beyond that, what talents and abilities and gifts do you have that you can use on behalf of the church? Time, talent, and yes, treasure. So let's, what, what do I mean when I talk about treasure? I'm talking about your resources, my resources. I'm talking about our material possessions. I'm talking about those things that we own and control. I've been doing everything I can do to not say money. But we are talking about our money. Treasure. 
I had a pastor friend, had a daughter, family had a garage sale. And so um, daughter put some of her things in the garage sale, made a little money, and the pastor and his wife were going to teach the daughter about tithing, giving unto God the things that are his. And, and, and the little girl, she received all of that. Her solution was, I'm going to go outside, and I am going to throw up into the air everything I have, and God can keep whatever he wants. So, you know, on the one hand, you have to commend the child for a willingness to give it all. At the same time, there appeared to be an equal willingness to keep it all. First Baptist Richardson, we are not asking anybody to give it all. But I think we are asking all of us, please don't keep it all. So what I'm going to say next, not every preacher is going to agree with. If you don't agree with what I say next, feel no obligation to find me afterwards (laughs) and share with me the error of my ways. We'll just agree that they may be right. And and they may be right. But here's what I want to say to you. When it comes to giving, I do believe that the tithe is the standard. The the 10% of what you have. And I'm not going to get into the gross or the net. that's, That's nitpicking. That's between you and the Lord. But... I, I, I want to take a more gentle approach because there, be, there will be preachers, and, and a lot of them, and they may be right, who would say regardless of where you are right now, you need to start tithing 10% no matter what, regardless of where you are. Here's what I'm going to say. They may be right, but here's what I'm going to say. If you are a believer and a follower of Jesus and a member of the church, and today... Maybe for a while, you've not been giving anything. I would would encourage you to start. Somehow, some way, on some level, start. And, And be consistent with that start. Every week, every month. If if you are if you are in a place and, and you just haven't been giving. You know, you know the, 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 the rule is about 80% of the church only gives about 20% of the resources. 20% of the congregation gives about 80% of the resources. I'm saying if you're not giving anything financially in support of the work of the church, would you just start and, and then be consistent with that? Don't start and then stop. And then don't start and just get satisfied with that. 
There's a goal towards which you are working, and that goal is, is, a, is a 10% gift of what you have in, in, in behalf of the church. But if, if you're not anywhere, start somewhere. Now, there are others here in the church who are somewhere, and you kind of stopped at that somewhere, kind of got satisfied with that somewhere, but it's nowhere close to where you need to be. So it's time to, it's time to move up the ladder a little bit. So if you're not giving anything, just get started. If you're giving, but it's not close to where you need to be in regard to that biblical standard, then, then move up. It's time to move up a little bit. And then there are others who are, today, you need to start tithing. You are, you are there, and that needs to be the standard that you, you've started. You've increased a little bit, but you're not, you're not where you, the biblical standard has called us to be, and, and that's where you need to, to get, and you need to start there. Then there's others. What you're capable of doing is really offering a transformational gift to the church, to the, to the work of the Lord and the King. There's, there are transformational givers probably here. I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know what you give. As a matter of fact, I have never one time in all of my years as a pastor looked at anybody's giving record. It's not my place. Never done that. Never would do that. But if you're in a place where you could do something transformational on behalf of the church of the kingdom, that's, 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 a, that's a conversation you probably ought to have with somebody in leadership to talk about what could I do? What does the church need? What, what difference could I make long term on behalf of the church? A transformational gift, they're out there. So just in summary, start. If you're nowhere, start. If you're somewhere, move up. Go ahead and start the tithe if you're there. And then for others, transformational. And by the way, extra offerings that are given and taken, those are always above and beyond what is the standard of the 10% tithe to the church. You have a special offering, that doesn't come out of the tithe, that's above and beyond, that's an offering. So just, when you start giving like that, start getting that sense of generosity, you know, I do believe God starts blessing that. God starts blessing that individually, and God starts blessing that congregationally. I think there are blessings to be had when it comes to giving generously. I think there are blessings to be had when it comes to living generously. Living generously with your time in service to the Lord. Living generously with your talents in service to the kingdom. Living generously with your resources when it comes to the work of the church and the kingdom. You know, years ago, uh, I was a pastor of a church, and we, we would put my sermon titles out there for everybody to see, you know, early in the week. And I was young, and I was foolish, and I didn't know anything, so one Sunday... We sent out there to everybody, my sermon title was, Let's Talk Money. (laughs) Friends, we had room for everybody that Sunday. (laughs) So, 
tried to trick you a little bit this morning. In, in a pure sweet way. But we are here to talk about money. But not just money. Talent and time. We're here today to talk about living generously. And receiving the blessings that come from that. Individually and congregationally. Amen and amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day. And we do thank you for your word and we thank you that uh, there's this charge in Scripture for us to render to Caesar, to the state, to the government, the things that belong to them, but to also render to you, to give to you what belongs to you. And God, you've given us our time. You've given us today. We're grateful for it. You've given us all talents, abilities, and gifts, and they're different, but we thank you for them. And Father, on various levels throughout the church, you have given us resources, some small, some large, but whatever level we are, we thank you for what we have. And Father, today we just ask that you would show us how we can give of our time, our talent, and our treasure, and how we can... uh, begin to live with a spirit of generosity and experience the blessings that come with that. These things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.